Uno, uno, dos. Two for the Road, Movies with Matt and Adam. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. We're a weekly movie pairing podcast. Every week we pick a theme, recommend a movie to the other guy based on that theme that he has not seen, watch, and discuss. And we have about a 25-year age gap between us, so there's a lot of uh, cultural gaps (laughs) between us. And uh, I'll just say at the top, if anyone wants to recommend a movie for us, the Email address is in the show notes. It's number two, number four, at the road show at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And did I miss anything, Matt? Nope. I think we're... One day I'll just record that and just plug it in the beginning, but <laughs> lazy. It's just so lazy. Uh, all right, so our theme this week is, uh, well, it's like, oops, I'm in the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Reluctant spies or whatever, you know, that's... Pretty much both movies were the same thing, I think. Yeah, I think this was kind of an accidental, pretty good pairing. Yes. And so for like this, like kind of accidental espionage, like subgenre of like the buddy slash road movie, you need you need a vet who knows or seems to know his or her stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unflappable. Yep. And you need a schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> a Jewish dentist <laughs> might come to mind. Or a uh, weirgen. Yeah, weirgen. And uh, you need, uh, obviously, you need to be globetrotting to make it yes. as uh, more as exciting as possible. This does not happen in, in the United States. Right. And I think these movies are really good examples of how to do it effectively. Mm-hmm. And then where maybe there's an idea there that's okay, but it just needs some tweaking. Right. Right, right. I think so. So first up is The In-Laws. Starring Alan Arkin and Peter Falk. And the reluctant dentist ends up in some Latin American country with some maniac CIA agent. So, mm-hmm. pretty much it. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> so, I... So, we talked about the movie Wings, I think maybe five months ago or something mm-hmm. like that. And I did not realize that Peter Falk was a legitimate movie actor. Oh, yeah. I thought it was kind of a weird gimmick that he was... A in, TV actor doing a, yeah. a weird German Wings of Desire, you know, movie. Yeah. I thought that was like some extra layer that I didn't quite get. Like, yeah, we got this TV guy in a movie and talk, you know, like, I thought it was this artsy thing that was just beyond me. But, so he just is in movies? He's in a lot of movies. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he was in Princess Bride. Well, yeah. Right. But, 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 he, is a, oh, but no, he was in a lot of uh, 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 movies during the, especially the 70s and 80s. He was uh, uh, starring in a lot of like, uh, what was the one the something the, the cheap detective? He was in that, played like a Sam Spade type character, kind of. Really? Yeah, because he was kind of making fun of himself from Columbo or something. You know, is like, he like a hard boiled guy like Sam Spade or? Uh, he, no, well, it, it's a comedy, so oh, okay. so it's you know he tries to act hard boiled. He's got the the language down and stuff like that, but uh, he was good in it. But he did a lot of. Uh, a lot of stuff. His his best friend in Hollywood probably was John Cassavetes, and he he's in a lot of Cassavetes stuff, which is very serious. There's no comedies in the, in Cassavetes' world, so you know we should have watched one of those sometime because they were really good. We should. I have a, in my uh, my very long queue. I have uh, the Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to check that one out. Yeah. That's yeah. We should watch that one week because that's um, really really good. So, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, he's a legitimate actor. He, you know, plays off himself every once in a while, but uh, he was good in this. But he's always kind of Columbo, right? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's yeah. always the same kind of kind schlub. of He's he's a schlub, but he he plays it off well, and he's he's the kind of guy who's like 
you know, sipping his coffee as like bombs are going off outside. You know, he's just like, ah, I got this. It's <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> funny. He's good. Yeah, yeah. And then Alan Arkin. Ooh, love Alan Arkin. What a great pairing. Couldn't have been funnier. No. You couldn't, you can't, they did redo this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love Albert Brooks. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? The in- I, don't, I haven't seen it, so mm-hmm. I don't really know. Um, but I can't imagine it's nearly as good with well, Michael Douglas. I yeah, I, I haven't seen it either. I just accidentally stumbled upon like a clip just mm-hmm. as I was like looking into this a little bit more, and it was a clip of like Michael Douglas on stage looking very Gordon Gecko-y mm-hmm. and Albert Brooks looking very uncomfortable. And so I think the Albert Brooks casting nailed it, but Michael Douglas's he doesn't have that. I think he's two together. Right. Like, Peter Falk is flawed. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 Peter Falk is disarming. You know, yeah. you, you, everybody who ever met the Peter Falk characters that we've seen, you would think, oh, he's just, he's nothing. But he really isn't. He really got his shit together. Right. But he, yeah, but he, he seems doofy in some way. Right, right, right. Michael Douglas, I would trust that. I would follow that guy into battle. I would uh, let him run my 401k. I mean, I, 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 would, I would let him be the chef of my restaurant. You know, I just, I feel like he can handle any situation. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's too confident for a comedy. I'll check it out one of these days, but right now, I don't know. After watching this one again, Gloria and I watched it and we just laughed like crazy. Yeah, I'm sure this is, this is definitely a Gloria movie. Oh, yeah, she loves it. I, I would imagine. Yeah. All right, then Alan Arkin. Yeah. Right? I mean, so this is how I was thinking about Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin, have you ever been to like a family gathering or like a church picnic or something, mm-hmm. and there's a crock pot full of meatballs? Mm-hmm. And I'm the dude who like, I got like a dozen meatballs on my plate and like one butter cookie. I'm just like hoarding yeah. the meatballs. Yeah. And I'm like, I always think to myself like, oh, I should, I, I should learn how to make these. I should eat these every week. These are freaking delicious. Mm-hmm. It's like Alan Arkin. Every time I see a movie, I'm like, oh, I love that guy. <laughs> but I don't ever seek him out. I don't know no. why. Well, I think, you know, he he starred in a lot of movies during the 60s, late 60s maybe, well, mostly 70s mm-hmm. and 80s, you know, and now he just plays old, grumpy old men, you know, kind of characters, but he's fabulous in everything. Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. you know, just things Slums like... Slums of Beverly Hills? Yep, yep. Uh, anything like that. Uh, uh, it was a movie we watched about two sisters who clean houses, and their father was Alan Arkin, like the Sunshine Cleaning Company or something. It was pretty good, you know. He was just great in it. He's great mm-hmm. in everything. Yeah. yeah, and he he's in uh, what I would consider to be the best movie book to movie adaptation of all time, Catch Twenty Two. I think I'd be I sound like a fool if I said the movie was better than the book. I, I kind of secretly right. think it is, but well, sometimes I mean, if, they are. If you judge them on what they are, mm-hmm. uh, but he will forever be Yosarian. Yeah. You know, he's he's that character. He just he nailed it. He owned it. I can never read that book again and not imagine him as the character. You have to think of him when you read that book, or even you know, think about who Yosarian was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, he was fabulous. But yeah, he's fantastic in this. He's he does a lot. I mean, you need him to have those reactions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and especially in Catch Twenty Two, you could see how good he is by how the rest of the cast. It's this huge cast: got Orson Welles, John Voight, got uh, Bob Newhart, a lot of great actors. You don't think of any of them when you think of the movie. No, not really. I mean, I I, I know who they are, but. You always think of Yosari, mm-hmm. Alan Arkin. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great, and I, I should probably seek out some more of his stuff. He's mm-hmm. also one of those people. I'm like, did he? You said he starred in stuff. I, yeah. I've never seen a movie where he's. The, this is <laughs> probably the first movie where he's the star, the mm-hmm. co the co star. I usually see him as you know he's the older father to a quirky daughter, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know he's he's he has like kind of a, a more of a side role where mm-hmm. he just every scene he's in, you know, it's going to be great. Yeah. Well. Uh, Glenn Gary Glenn, Glenn Roth. He's good at that. He was good at that. But, he, but he's not the star. He's not the star. No. He hasn't been the star much <laughs> the last few years. But you have to, yeah, I, I think you have to really go back to the 70s and 80s, probably. Yeah, yeah. I might have to check some of that out. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's, I'm not exactly like. <laughs> I don't feel like I have like, like a ton of time on my hands to like, check out Alan Arkin movies, but right, right. Maybe, I, maybe I'm living my life in the wrong way. All right, Matt. Uh, so when were you in? Uh, I'm in right away. I've seen it a bunch of times, but right, it just it starts off with a with a kind of a robbery, I guess, and they um, 
they're stealing, they're robbing an armored truck. I like when they get in there and they're looking through this. There's only money in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, even before that, I like the dudes that they robbed. Right. Like the the the, the, uh, the black guy who's like, what is this? Like, Greg freaking out. I'm like, that, that guy, I, I don't know what else he did after that, but he. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that seemed like ad libbing and he yeah. killed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in right away. We meet out, that we meet the uh, Peter Falk, then we meet Alan Arkin. You know, their kids are getting married, so it's the whole, the wedding's, you know, in a few days, so, uh, and they've never met, because Vince is always out of the country, Mm -hmm. on his little trips, as they call them, (laughs) so, so yeah, and so we meet them both, and then they get together, and for the first time, which is really funny, when he describes what the, the Titsi flies, and I can't remember the Jose Greco of death. Yeah. That's what that's what they call them. Yeah, and the uh, you know because of the guacamole act of 1919, <laughs> we, we, these are protected species or something. So yeah, it's all gibberish. So I was in kind of a, something unusual struck me about this one. I really liked the score, mm-hmm. which I usually don't think I don't think about too much. But this score was like it was. It had this weird mix of like being sort of, sort of like a spy score, mm-hmm. where like it had that kind of like do 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 kind of the kind mm-hmm. of thing but also it was quirky enough to like let you know like hey this isn't that serious I actually mentioned that to glory yeah I says I love the music in mm-hmm. this movie. It just goes so well with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, because as opposed to our next movie, <laughs> I'm going to bitch about the music anyway, but yeah, it's great. It's perfect for mm-hmm. this movie and, and the quirkiness and the subject matter and all that stuff. So, right. Especially from the very beginning, like the opening scene mm-hmm. where, it, I mean, if, the, if, if this opening scene had, I don't know, like 80% more cellos or something, it would have seemed like a whole different movie, but... <laughs> Because the, the score is like this kind of like bouncy, kind of like weird, almost like a game show theme. Yeah, that's what I mentioned. I said, what is, I said, what does this score sound like? You know? And then I think I realized last night, as we watched The Odd Couple, it's kind of like The Odd Couple's theme. So, yeah, it, yeah it, it's it, just the same thing. It's like a 70s or 60s game show type thing. Yeah, and it's so light mm-hmm. that it, it really... Because, I mean, in this movie, they're... There's a lot of people shooting at each other mm-hmm. in broad daylight on, on the streets of New York. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, so you, we had a couple of those this week. There's gunfights and nobody really paying attention to what's going on. So you need to have that kind of that sort of music that lets you know, like, hey, this is this is not that serious. So just, just chill out, everybody. And also, I, so I think my favorite piece is when he when Alan Arkin is breaking into the safe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which he does pretty. Uh, Casually, pretty pretty agreeable to that. Which... <laughs> okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, leaps of logic in this yes, movie. But... Yes. So yeah, that was when I was in. Uh, yeah, we kind of mentioned the plot already. This, this these kids are getting married. Doesn't even matter, right? Not really, not really important. Just we just need some way to get these two guys in the same right. room, right? Two of these completely different guys in the same room. Get them in the same room. The plot unfolds. Uh, Peter Falk is trying to stop a plot from a third, from I guess Honduras, is that what they were? Honduras? Or is it a different nation? It's just a different, they, they don't even really say where. Okay, is. this is like bananas so, type thing, like a yeah. made like San Marco or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so some, some third world uh, Latin American dictator has this mad plot, we don't ever really know why, right. that he wants to uh, infuse so much currency into the world that inflation would bring, bring it up. everyone down. Right. Yeah. And he's got this great <laughs> quote where he's, so he's like this goofball, but he's right. a great quote where he's talking about like, you know, widows will be crying in the streets <laughs> and like the, you know, the, the, the streets of Zurich will run wet, red with blood. It's like, oh my God. Like, we'll bring the wasted bogs to their knees. Me and 
my good American friends? It's a wonderful thing, General. I don't know when I felt so proud. In 72 hours, the monetary system of the world will collapse like a wet taco. A very fine analogy. Sir. Blood will run in the streets of Zurich. German bongos will just throw themselves under the trolley. Widows and orphans will be left penniless. Sounds good to me. There will be panic. There will be looting, rioting in the streets, and suicides. Fabulous. And that's uh, Richard Libertini plays it. He plays always kind of those weird kind of guys. He was great. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, before that, they yeah. have a lot of... There's... there's. So, okay, so here's a question. Here's a dumb question. Now, this okay. is going to make it sound like you are 200 years old and I'm a teenager. Okay. So just bear with me. Okay. So when when movies are like... So back in the 70s, this is 79, do you go into a movie mostly blind? Like, do you not know who Peter Falk is? I mean, I'm, I'm not who he is, but like, do you not know that... He's representing the CIA. I mean, is that like a total mystery? Because they kind of played it for a while that he yeah. wasn't. Yeah. It, we didn't know really where he right. was from. In fact, the CIA said he wasn't with them or something. Or yeah, that was near the end. Yeah, yeah, even like near yeah, the... Like, yeah. He kind of reveals that he works for the CIA like mm -hmm. a third into the movie. And I just kind of thought that was, you know, on the poster. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't sure like how mm -hmm. that would... I think that was so I think back in, in those days... Um, most people did go in blind. Okay. Now I didn't because I read, you know, movie reviews as many as I could find. Most people are like, I want to go see a Peter Falk movie. Right. Oh, right. oh I heard oh, this was funny. Yeah, I heard this was funny. It's got you know, some my neighbor said it was good. You know, and it's there for six weeks, so you gotta you know, it's not in and out like they do today. But yeah, you you just go in. Most people do. I didn't because I'm kind of a movie mm -hmm. geek, but um, I did see this at the movies. Um, a couple times, I think. So, okay, it's one of those things where I brought people back. You got to go see this, you know. Right, because I, because they they kind of played off like this big reveal. It's like, well, I thought this was isn't this the tagline? <laughs> anyway, um, so we find out that he's CIA. They're dealing with these engravings. They keep calling them, yeah. and there's a couple of weird things. The wife gets involved. She yeah, because he hides one in the basement when he's there for dinner and. Uh, just happen it's it's found by some workers and, and his wife and yeah i love this guy who's like <laughs> running the hvac who's like you don't know what that is <laughs> that's part of the u.s treasury department it's like come on, you gotta, come on. Like, this guy doesn't know right <laughs> yeah. well that's how preposterous the whole thing is anyway you know yeah so the wife's getting involved and cia is aware of alan arkin's movements and Peter Falk and Alkin got to get the hell out of the country. They got to go sell this thing. They're trying to do like, do like a sting operation, yes, right? Right. Got to go sell this thing to this general. They employ the services of the Wong brothers. <laughs> I think Bing and Billy are their names. Yeah, yeah. Bing, <laughs> Bing and Billy. <laughs> and so these guys are they, played by James Wong, the great James Wong. Who I think was, Hong, right? Isn't it or James Hong. Hong? Yeah, James Hong. Do you want to talk about James Hong right now? We can. Okay, because he's my. Uh, like, oh, it's that guy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. James Hong. First of all, where do you think James Hong was born, Matt? Just guess. I'm not going to even really look. I'll say Iowa. This MFR, who I thought was straight from, like, Taiwan, my mm. entire life of seeing this guy. Because mm. once you see this guy, you're like, oh, yeah. this guy was in every TV show that mattered in the 80s. Name right. a TV show. He was in it. Right. Right. Uh, he's from Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> the old Midwest guy. This guy is like playing up his his, his ethnic heritage in a way that I don't know maybe he's, it's borderline offensive. But he's I like still it. going too. Yeah, he's still he's still, uh, going. he's still going strong. And I love him from he for me he will always be snotty from Revenge of the Nerds to colon Nerds in Paradise. Oh, I've never seen it. Yeah, he taught Booger the true ways of being a disgusting uh -huh. nerd. For me, he'll always be the maitre d' at the Chinese restaurant in Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, he's so good. Yeah. Um, so just how many um, acting credits on IMDb do you think he has? Just guess. It's I'll the most say, I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. 200? 444. Yes. <laughs> this dude is killing it. Oh, man. I mean, just his... His 80 to 90s run mm -hmm. of just TV shows and movies yep. is un 
impeachable. I forgot he was in big trouble in Little China. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So this, the, I'm just gonna run through some of the, the just the TV shows he's been on. Also, he was an airplane. Um, uh-huh. So okay, Fantasy Island, Soap, Dallas, Dukes of Hazard, uh, Saint Elsewhere, Dynasty, Falcon Crest, T.J. Hooker, The Fall Guy, underrated. Uh, <laughs> See what else? Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, Days of Our Lives, The A Team, Cagney and Lacey, Airwolf. Wow. Uh, I mean, just in my When they needed an Asian guy, yes. <laughs> you got all the work. What a great niche. You know, yep. like, hey, I'm, 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 I, I will be your stereotype. But... <laughs> and I will make a very good living. Yeah, and also he's funny. That's the thing, right? right? right. He's good at what he does, right? So... He can be a serious actor, but he's also very funny. He's very funny. And he's very funny in this. You know, like people ask me, like, who are like the three people you like to have dinner with? He might be on my list. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to talk to him. Because <laughs> I feel like I could get him. You like, I mean, clearly he uh, he likes money. You know, he keeps working. And and I'm sure he's very and comfortable. He looks the same. He doesn't really age that much. He does not age. That's <laughs> the thing, right? Yeah. He, like, he's one of those guys like who was just born looking like he's 55 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's 92. Holy crap. <laughs> he was born in 1929. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, James Hong, you uh, you do not get your props, and he's still working, doing kung fu panda. Yeah, and he's doing like the new Gremlins, I think, yeah. like an animated thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he is amazing. So they meet those guys. They go mm-hmm. to this country. Um, they get. I, so <laughs> this is this is another reason why I think this movie worked is I didn't really follow what was happening. <laughs> But I kind of knew what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, some people start shooting at them. But I'm like, who are these people? Like, yeah. and somehow they have this throwaway They must be anarchists, you know? <laughs> Whatever that means. All right. Yeah, they're at the airport. And they're already getting shot at mm-hmm. by somebody. We don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. But that sets up one of the great scenes. The serpentine scene. Which is hysterically funny. Just a bit of, you know... I don't know, was it improv? Or what, you know, it's just a, it's just funny. It's funny when he says it, because it's so stupid. <laughs> and then they do it, which looks even stupider. <laughs> and then he does it again, when he has to go back and get something. <laughs> right, and so then like, like the, the, the cherry on top is when he runs back to the car straight, he's safe. Yeah. And then uh, Falk is like, no, Serpentine. <laughs> Serpentine. So he goes back into danger just to run back Serpentine. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Out of the car. They must have been in his pocket. I'll get him. No! I'll get him. I'd rather die running than be left here alone. Chill! You don't know what you're saying. I can't take it anymore. The idea of you out there dead and me all alone back here with the smoke and the bullets. Are you... I can't take it. Are you serious? I can't stay here. Okay, but remember, serpentine. Absolutely. What a guy. Fantastic. Right. Just great stuff. I used to work for a guy back in the early 80s at a restaurant. And he and I would work together behind the bar, and we would go through the whole movie the, uh, line by line. It was so much fun. Back then, I could remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Serpentine Shell. Serpentine. Yeah, that was a great one. I laugh, I've, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. I still laugh when I see that. So. Yeah, it's it's just funny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the word serpentine is just funny, right? Like if you had right. said zigzag, not as no, funny. no, no, it wouldn't be funny. It's the right word, serpentine. Because uh, I, I, I think a lot of people don't even know what it means, for one thing. But yeah. All right, so then we eventually meet the general. Yep. And he is a nut job. <laughs> He's got the senior Wences thing with the the lips or. The thing painted on his hand, and he's talking. Pepe, right? Pepe. Pepe. It's the thing that used to be on Ed Sullivan back in the early 60s. Senior Wences used to do that. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's got a, a art gallery of, of 
velvet paintings that, <laughs> right. that are very expensive. He wants to change the flag to a nude woman. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I like about this part is I like how quickly Alan Arkin just like just kind of rolls with it. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm on board. You know, he just, Let's just get all. Yeah. So then they're going to get executed mm-hmm. because that's just, the general's right. like, ah, I don't want to do this, but you know, it's business. Yeah, he has a great line in there about him. He says like, something about tending to Quaker, his, you know, beliefs, but unfortunately I have to kill you. <laughs> right. At heart, I'm a pacifist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the CIA shows up and is like... <laughs> Ed Begley Jr., who we met previous to that, who and he denied that Peter Falk, or he said Peter Falk was kicked out of the... Right, so we have like, what, what do you think, like about 85 CIA agents descend in their suits and their pistols and just... Saves the day because they were going to get shot. That was another great scene, the the, the uh, firing squad scene mm-hmm. where Alan Arkin's begging for his life. And we beg for blindfolds <laughs> yeah. and a cigarette. And... <laughs> can we get a can we and, and Peter Paul? Can we get a blindfold over here? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. And then yeah, that's pretty much it. Right, it yeah. wraps up. We find out that Peter Falk kind of scammed what was it ten million? Yeah, out of the government. People keep trying to tell Ed Bailey he's not listening. Flash forward to the wedding. They they get lowered in by a helicopter, looking right. like a, a couple of Monopoly men. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All they needed was a monocle. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And, and everybody get rich, and, mm-hmm. and they're friends now. Mm-hmm. So turned into a buddy movie. Right. <laughs> so I have a couple of like just logical fallacies I'd like to point out okay. here. Uh, I think we already mentioned it, but like the shootout. On like the streets of New York, mm-hmm. with no one reacting. <laughs> like, there's a lot of there's a lot of gunplay in both these movies. Both these movies that there's you're wondering what the hell is going on. I, I mean, one of my favorite things about movies is like how well, there's there's two things right. Mm-hmm. Breaking glass doesn't hurt you at all. Glass isn't sharp. Nope. <laughs> and then uh, shooting guns are not loud, and it gets no attention. <laughs> well, in, in, so in this one, there is a scene where. So they're, 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 he's trying to shoot him around a car. <laughs> and if you look in the background, there's a woman who just bolts down the street. And I'm thinking that she wasn't aware, she wasn't aware of what was happening. It was a movie right? scene. Yeah. Just, oh my God. Everyone else is just walking and if around. It ha- and you couldn't even film that in the streets today like that. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, that was a logical fallacy. The wife going to the bank to oh. figure out what was happening. And then like the... I, that was also like, what? Like, why would that... Wait, she wouldn't call her husband or... Right. Right. And then... uh yeah, and then just like the CIA's inability to chase Alan Arkin down was also a little <laughs> bit bewildering. But yeah, I'll let it slide. Yeah. Um, any any scenes you want to revisit, Matt, that we haven't mentioned already? No, I think the ones the the serpentine scene, the breaking into the safe scene. Um, there's another one that we talked about. Oh, the firing squad. So I mean, it's all. What about the cafeteria scene? Just like oh yeah, yeah, the, 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 the pea soup. Yeah, they're just screaming at each other about like government agents and whatever. The, the rest of the government's like, it's New York. Yeah, Peter Falk has a line. He's like, I don't, I don't come into your business. Stop looking at me. Whatever. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, see what else, Matt? I'm, I haven't looked, kind of an incomplete rundown here. Anything else you want to mention? Mm, no, I, I think so. I do have a recast. Okay. I'm not sure what you think about this. So. For the Alan Arkin character, we need kind of a someone who can play straight, mm-hmm. but also is incredibly funny. The only person I can really think of is Steve Carell. Yes. Well, yeah, he would probably be the one if they were going to do that today. He would. I mean, that yeah, would yeah. he'd be the go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even. Sure. I mean, I guess if you want like Will Ferrell, but he would be like maybe too. He's too goofy. Yeah, you know? he's because because Carell can pull off kind of a straight guy too. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what it takes. Because, I mean, you're supposed to be a dentist. Exactly. You know, Will Ferrell's not going to, you know, nobody's going to trust that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, and then for the Peter Falk character, I have a couple. And uh, I have one that's okay and one that I really like. Okay. The okay one, Josh Brolin. Oh, yeah. He's simmering. He's also funny. Yeah. Low he can be funny. very funny. He yeah. plays off of himself very well. You know, his 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 demeanor and stuff right him being uh, that flat top guy in mm-hmm. that uh, PTA movie was all, shows his humor there's another yeah. one I don't think this guy gets enough credit for being a straight man or for being funny 
And I would say just generally nowadays, he's underused. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's his choice. Benicio Del Toro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be very funny. Like, who's cooler than him? He's cool and, he's, and, he, and he can do comedy, I think. Yeah, and you would think he worked for the CIA. You would think that. <laughs> so that, that's who I would. I put Benicio Del Toro and Steve Carell if they're going to remake this. I don't think they will, but who knows? Everything yeah. is cyclical. Yes. Right? Well, they've already made it once. Remade it once. So. Right. so I think we're due for another version in like another 20 years. Or no, actually, by now, another, what, 10 years? Yeah. Um, all right, Matt, you have any lines that stood out? Well, yeah, I, I found the one. Uh, I, the general says, I am a pathos, path." pacifist by nature with a deep Quaker belief in the sanctity of human life. I wish I had no choice but to kill you. <laughs> I wish I had a choice but to kill you. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just think the funniest line is serpentine. Just one word. Yeah, I mean, that's when it cracks me up. There's a lot of good lines in there. Um, especially Peter Falk. You know, but yeah. what about you? Uh, nothing, nothing really. Still, I mean, yeah, I mean, the serpentine thing is the, that's the that's the thing that if you and I are going to reference this movie at a party, well, I was going to say at a party, yeah. as if we go to parties anymore. Yeah. <laughs> in, 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 you know, a couple of months from now, that's the line we would, we would yeah. scream at mm-hmm. each other, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, there, it was pretty well written. There was a lot of Alan Arkin just, like, bewilderedly repeating what Peter Falk just told him, like, <laughs> screaming it. So, But it yes. also worked. That works for me. Uh, let's see. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, so the... I'll save this for the next movie, but okay. I do want to talk a little bit about the characters in this movie versus the lack of characters in the uh, next movie. Oh yeah, good good point. Uh, okay, Matt, you want to guess the scores? Yep. So we'll go with IMDb. Only eight point three thousand people checked. Eighty three hundred people. That's it. Are you kidding? This is for one this the, movie. This is one of the lowest that we've ever had. Oh. That's, it's a uh, maybe. It's maybe That's it's kind of scary. Yeah. It might be a sort of a forgotten movie. You know, forgotten gem. I think people. I'm going to go 7.5. You went a little high. We're right at the Scarecrow threshold. 7.3. Oh, no. <clears throat> well, it's good. Still good. It's not bad. No. Um, yeah, I would say I I could see a 7.5, but I probably wouldn't go that much higher yeah. than that. It's good, but... It's not an 8. It's, oh, yeah. Nowhere near an 8. It's hard to be a comedy in 8. I think we've only had one. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's I think 7.3 is a, is a fine showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what Rotten Tomatoes thinks about it. Let's see what the people think. The critics and the people. Yeah. I'm going to go 90 on the critics. You went a little high. Again, only 24 reviews, which is oh, pretty, pretty low. low. Uh, 88%. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to find a reputable negative review. Yeah, because we never even mentioned the director, Arthur Hiller. And he came out of TV from the 50s and 60s. And he made some good movies, but he made some pretty bad ones too. So he's not a... This is one of those movies where the direction just it didn't, didn't get in the way. You don't notice it, right? It's no. like, it's, it's fine. You wouldn't even know who could have been anybody. Here's a quick negative review from something called McLean's Magazine. Hmm. A simple-minded variation on the well-worn Oscar and Felix routine. <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, like, that's like saying, oh, this Western is just a variation of like the first Western I ever saw. I was like, well, yeah, it's... it's that's kind of how it works. Well, but, this, but again, this was made in 1979, and it's not that far off from The Odd Couple. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> nobody destroyed that more than Walter Matthau and, <laughs> and, and Jack Lemmon. I mean, they kept doing these kind of movies, the same movie over and over again. Grumpy Old Men, the same thing. You know, well, it's not just that. I mean, yeah. Dave Spade and uh, Chris no, Farley, yeah, you know, I understand like that. But, yeah, yeah, it goes on and on. I, I should say this review is from 2019. Yeah. So, so it's like 40 years later. Right. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> a little bit of perspective. I think it's a little more than... I, I think it... I mean, I, I watched Odd Couple last night. It's, it's very funny. But so is this. Yeah, okay. And, now, and a lot of these movies aren't. So. And what do you think about the audience? I'm going to go 80. Well, you went low, oh. uh, which is... It's only 83. See, this is, and this is a 2,500 ratings. See, I would think it would be higher. I thought the audience would like it more. Yeah, because there's there's nothing really not to like about it. It doesn't sound like people have seen it. Or, you <laughs> yeah. know? It does seem underseen, but 
uh, I don't know. And there's, there's no critics consensus. It's hard for me to get a good sense of what, mm-hmm. um, what detractors might say about it. There's a couple of negative reviews that have been deleted. So I don't know if they're just like, I don't know what that's all about. That usually is, um, not the case. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Someone Atlantic city weekly gave it a two out of five, but there's no comment. The Arkan the Arkansas Democrat Gazette gave it two out of five with no comment. So, Put your name on your reviews, people. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's a funny movie. It's worth seeing. It's not that long. Yeah, and it's a it's a movie that I think that if you were to watch, if you were to put this on, you know, I think younger people, I think kids would find something funny about it. And mm-hmm. there's enough like slapstick mm-hmm. and things happening. And I think older people would like it too. I think I think it's multi generational appeal. Right. All right, Matt. So we'll uh, we'll take a break here and come back and talk a movie that does not have multi generational appeal. <laughs> that would be 1985's Gotcha. Gotcha. Exclamation point. second movie of the week in our accidental espionage theme is 1985's gotcha exclamation point <laughs> all right matt so memory is a hell of a thing <laughs> so i watched this movie i guess when i was a kid and i think my memory was probably the first five to ten minutes and the last five to ten minutes mm-hmm. And then there was some kind of movie in the middle. <laughs> that you don't remember <laughs> which ever also, seeing before. Which didn't really make sense. Right, right. Um, and also this movie spawned a Nintendo game. Oh, really? That, that, you, would, that you would play with like the gun that mm-hmm. the Nintendo used to have. I'm sure they don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, 80s, yeah. Guns are yeah, fine. Go, yeah, playing, uh, shooting guns in a college it probably wouldn't go over today. No. and It's uh, darts, I mean, or paintball. This little game called Gotcha. And this movie also spawned a toy. Which I so I don't know if I remember the movie, the video game, the toy, mm-hmm. two of the three. I don't remember. But when you presented this idea for a theme, I was like, oh, I have one. Right. And these kind of movies were kind of they were kind of popular in the 80s. There was like something called Cloak and Dagger. Yep. Mm-hmm. When this little kid had an imaginary spy friend who was Dabney Coleman and like, Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Daryl. Yeah. This kid's a robot. Like program to like fight the soviets there's a lot of like let's trust the children to fight soviets right it was kind of a weird 80s it theme. was the end of the cold war you know at the time i don't think we knew that in 1985 <laughs> no. but you know but uh, yeah it was it was ending and you know? there was so many cloak and dagger movies at that time because it was an interesting subject for kids i think i guess so matt here's my question mm-hmm. on a scale of one to weekend at bernie's how much cocaine was involved in pitching this movie? <laughs> because it's just like, okay, because okay, it's, it's, this is right in the middle of the 80s. This is cocaine crazy, right? Right, right. So, okay, opening scene. This guy's got a gun. Right. He's tracking down people on a college campus. Right. He's shooting them. Are the, are the students terrified? No, no, nobody's doing anything. <laughs> They're not paying attention to them. They gotta get. The, they gotta get to their trig class. You right. know, like, right. what the hell? Right. Yeah, the the pitch of this movie must have been a just a, it must have happened at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like <laughs> some producers. Okay, out. I got it. Okay, I got it. now I see it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Because the uh, the director. Mm. 
who I had never heard of, Jeff Canoe, I think is his name. I looked him up on the IMBD. Now, I got to give him props. He's more of an editor kind of producer type. Mm -hmm. And he edited one of my favorite movies, Ordinary People. Okay. So, but as far as direction... He uh, he made some awful movies. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta stay in your lane. Right, you know? right, right. Like, like Damian Lillard wants to be a rapper. Like he, you're a really good basketball player. Just do that. Yeah, he killed like um, uh, Kathleen Turner's career in 1991 with Vi Warshawski or something. It was mm. Awful. But he did do Revenge of the Nerds. Oh. So was that before or after this? That was Gotcha was the movie after the after Revenge of the Nerds. So he had two. <laughs> so, two. so this dude, he went from Revenge of the Nerds to this. So this dude saw Anthony Edwards and was like, "I have a generational <laughs> talent on my hands. I need to put him in everything." I have never seen Revenge of the Nerds. Really, I have never seen it. Um, I don't know if it holds up because mm-hmm. it's hypersexual and it's a little bit rapey at yeah. times. I, I think there's there's an actual rape in it. Oh. Um, this guy pretends to be someone else and sleeps with his girl. So, um, yeah, it would, I think it'd be, it, I think it might be a little bit cringy at moments, but my childhood memories of watching it are very fond. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if I want to revisit it. Yeah, I, I mean, not that I want to watch it. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's probably not something I would even when it's. I get so when I see scenes like that now. Yeah, I do cringe. Like it's better than Porky's. Yeah, but it's like. You know, it's it's not like uh, very far from Porky's. Okay, so we I don't need to see it then. It's pro nerd, which yeah, you we know, like had a, had we like time. nerds. Yeah, out of its own. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. so this dude saw Anthony Edwards was like, yeah, I got to put that guy yeah. in a movie. So let's do a quick uh, plot rundown, right? And uh, pretty easy to follow in a way, right? So I, I think so. I think you got good guys, you got bad guys, you got. You know. Anthony Edwards and his buddy decide to go to Europe for the summer, I guess. It's never really fully explained. <laughs> right. okay. They're just right. going. They're just going to Europe. Yeah. Uh, parents are kind of against it, but they're ultimately for it. So they go. Uh, Anthony Edwards' buddy is this sort of Casanova guy. Yeah. This Manolo. He's mm-hmm. Manolo. He's, you know, he's a ladies' killer, apparently. I'd never heard of this guy. He's had a great career. He's Has still he? working. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, what, was he like a soap opera guy or something? Uh, no, he just does mostly TV and stuff, okay. I think. Because he was, he yeah, was fine. He was fine, yeah. yeah. He was probably the best actor in the movie. No, but well, he, he, Florentino, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he, Anthony Edwards' guy go to Europe, uh, becomes very clear early on that his friend is maybe going to ditch him sometimes to go meet, to go, you know, enjoy his time with women. Yeah, because he's very talented. Right, very talented area. with that. Uh, Anthony Edwards is just kind of this schlumpy, they refer to him as Bambi. Yeah, I mean, he, does, he, looks, he does. I noticed late in the movie, he does look really young. He does. His face, he has no facial hair. Right, like uh, chin is not fully formed. It <laughs> just looks very doughy. And he was 23, I think, when he made this movie. Right. Yeah. And so he meets this woman. She kind of comes on to him. and Linda Fiorentino. She says that she's into virgins. Right. And he says, oh, that's me. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> and she has a... Some sort of Eastern European. Yeah, she says she's from Czechoslovakia. Right. <laughs> and so they have this... So then the movie changes. Right. <laughs> it's like... So this whole part of the movie is like this weird kind of romance where they're, they're, there's a couple of funny parts, right? She's, you know, giving him wine and she's like, this is like old and feel the yeah, deep yeah. and it's smooth. And he's like, this is a root beer float. It's, it's bubbly and cold and <laughs> this is America, you know? So... Yeah. There's a couple of cute yeah, moments, right? Yeah, kind of cute right? moments, yeah. I agree, actually. Yeah. Then we shift to where we kind of realize that something's up with Linda's character. Mm-hmm. She's not being totally forthcoming with what she does for work. They have to go to Berlin. Then they have to go to East Berlin. Mm-hmm. And she's meeting someone. He doesn't ask a lot of questions, which I guess if you're, if you're, if you've never. Uh, been with a woman and suddenly you are with a woman maybe mm-hmm. you don't ask questions <laughs> right right <laughs> so that, that maybe that part checks out uh, and then he, uh, we come to find out that sh- there's something happening with a film which is never fully explained right uh, I think at the end they sort of no nobody we don't know what's I, on the film no I don't uh, think we ever do and it's not it's regular film it's not like 
you know, secret agent film. I don't know. So, <laughs> so this is like one of the um, one of the problems I think with this movie compared to the previous one mm. is we have no idea about the stakes mm. at all. Like I mean, the previous movie it's a it's a it's more of a comedy than this one. Right. This one kind of tries to walk the line, yep. which I think is where it falters. Mm. But at least we knew that some general was trying to destroy the monetary system of the world. It was fully explained <laughs> in a one quick scene. Yeah, far fetched but fully explained. <laughs> right. But this one's like, what? What is even going on? Right. Right. We never do. Even the good guys and the bad guys sometimes are. Right, and I think they tried to use that obscurity as like a plot device mm-hmm. somehow, but it just didn't work. It just Mm-mm. at the end you're like, wait, what? Right. What? Well, when they walked into East Germany, I went, what? Was it that easy? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> You know, East Berlin. Here we come. Apparently. Yeah. And so uh, she disappears. He knows something's up. Some woman, he goes to meet some woman who left him a message. We don't know whose side she was on. until. Nope. So he's so he gives her some strudel, which he thinks is what she's asking about because he has no idea. She gets shot. <laughs> Again, <laughs> a lot of, lot of gunplay in the right. public. And these are some guys, some Russian guys on a hill near or someplace, you know. It's like, why are they that far away? Uh-huh. If they're gonna get this guy, why aren't they there? Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's just like it's just so stupid. And was she with them? Was that the whole implication? I don't, I don't know. I don't know who she was. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of head scratching moments in this movie. <laughs> right. So she gets killed. He takes it pretty well. Jumps in a moat, escapes, meets up with a punk rock band, which was a little bit of levity in the movie, yes. which was nice. Yeah, there's. Kind of good way to get back in East Germany. Yeah. <laughs> so go back to East Germany. Uh, snap of the fingers. He's in L.A. Yeah. Right? Without He didn't have any money. Hmm. He didn't have a ticket. No, he had his ticket. That's oh, he, he had, had his ticket. Okay. But he, but he had no money on him. And he didn't... I don't know. He just said he... I don't know. And that was pretty soon he's back. Yeah. He's back in L.A. Tries to tell his parents. They don't believe him. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) you're a drug addict. Yeah, you're right. I think he's a drug addict, and the CIA is tracking him down. He realizes Linda Florentino works with the CIA. Uh, Something, something, something. Mm -hmm. The Russians are on his campus. He breaks into a gets a tranquilizer gun from like some veterinarian lab or something. Set up in in the one classroom scene that we saw way in the beginning of the movie. This whole tranquilizer gun was set up. And then it's, then he's playing Gotcha, which yeah. is not mentioned at all after the first five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back at the last five minutes. He successfully evades the Russians, shoots them with tranquilizer darts. And again, nobody seems to be concerned. There's Russian agents running around their campus with guns drawn. <laughs> right, right. In fact, everybody disappeared. Uh-huh, right. And it wasn't like everybody ran away. It was all of a sudden, there's just nobody there. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when the scene first starts, there's a lot of people around campus. Then when the Russians show up, there's nobody. Right. But it's not like, oh, the police have been called. Know, maybe they're in class. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> also unclear if it's still summer. Like, we have no idea what, like, what passage of time means nothing in this movie. So I think it all happened in about a week. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, that's kind of where I was at, but yeah. I just couldn't really um, put my finger on what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then the, the ending of the movie, to, okay, totally uh, inappropriate by today's standards. I, probably by those standards. Made me too. cringe. <laughs> so, the end of this movie, so Lynn Florentino's like, oh, I still want to be with you or, or something, yeah, right? right? Unclear. He turns her down. Also, like, that might be the most far-fetched thing in this whole movie. <laughs> and then he walks away. He makes some weird comment to this girl about her sweater. How's your sweater? Well, it's because he got paint on her sweater before in another scene early in the movie oh okay and, and she's like what, what are she you called about? and she, then he asked her out after doing it and she says go not right so yeah. she calls him a creep yeah. appropriately yeah right and then he turns around and shoots a tranquilizer dart in her ass right <laughs> totally like this movie just and then, that and then, should never have ended that way. And then credits. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like, what? it's like, what's the implication there? I heard, <laughs> yeah, I want to see this this co-ed with her face plant because the tranquilizers took effect. 
And there she is laying on the sidewalk with no with her nose halfway on the other side of her face. So what's he gonna, is, is now he's gonna go like drag her back to his place? Like I don't understand like what what were we supposed to expect happen next? It was so bizarre and just that was a like, terrible scene. <laughs> Again, how much cocaine was involved in? I know how we end it. <laughs> Freeze frame on a tranquilizer dart in some innocent woman's butt. I mean, why didn't they just end it with the? I I thought. They did get back. Didn't, weren't they kissing at the end? But he walked away from her. Yeah, didn't he walk away? Yeah. Just end it there if you want to like. Yeah, let that's him, what I thought. That should have that that last scene should never have been. Yeah, if you want Anthony Edwards to be like seen as like some like maverick hero who's now he's found his own way and he's willing to turn turn away this woman because he's so confident in himself. Great, but then the next scene you undermine all that by him being some creeper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just. I mean, what if they wanted to make a gotcha too? Uh, you know, it would look bad. <laughs> well, I think uh, old Andy Edwards wearing an ankle bracelet for a, <laughs> for a sex crime. Be, yeah. <laughs> he probably can't go near school anymore. Right. Yeah, this um, this had a, a few more than one head-scratching moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. No, it's not it, terrible. It's, it's not terrible. That's the thing. It's salvageable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fiorentino's accent bothered me but then in the, in the end we find out that's not her real accent mm-hmm. anyways but um and, and of course the music's just it's got one good song and frankie goes to hollywood relax but the rest of it's just awful and the theme song is just terrible i i, I have a soft spot in my heart for a movie that has a song that says the movie's title over and over again yeah, yeah. and this one nails it <laughs> gotcha 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 that's <laughs> oh, terrible uh but it has, uh, you talk about that guy, uh, what's his name, Rocco, played his father, Alex Rocco. Mm. He's funny. He's in a lot of stuff, so I liked him. He's good. Yeah. He, they were good in the beginning, and then as the, like, at near the end, they kind of faded yeah, into I, the background. They didn't have much to do. They didn't, no. All right, Matt, I have a couple ways to fix this movie. Mm-hmm. I think this movie, if we, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting a remake, God no. no, but if we have a time machine, mm-hmm. I have a couple suggestions. Let me know okay. what you think. All right. Okay, first of all. And I'm, I'm doing a lot of comparison to the movie we just talked about. When we are looking at the in-laws, they go to another country, and you feel like you're in another country. Right. This movie, they're in France, they're in West Berlin, they're in East Berlin, and they're spending their entire time in hotel rooms. <laughs> Show me what it looks like. Like, what, like France looked exactly like West Berlin. Like, mm-hmm. make it look different. Make me feel like I'm in a different location. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I... I mean, East Germany looked fine to me. It didn't look like, you know, what you would think East Germany or East Berlin looked at the time. Right. They had uh, fencing. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Right? Yeah. But I mean, they, it, I mean, they, people had cars. They, you know, there were stores. There was this and that. You know, it wasn't what you would think was East Berlin in, in 1985. But even even the within the movie, they were building it up as being this very scary place. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like... Well, they just have like bakeries and restaurants yeah. that seem fine. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's guards, there's, you know, military people walking around, but, you know, that's probably every city in Europe now. <laughs> right. uh, also, there was a, like, this movie, there was really just, I mean, if we count Manolo as a character, mm-hmm. there's really just three characters. Right. There's Manolo, uh, who doesn't have a lot to do, mm-hmm. um, especially in the, mid, in the middle chunk, he's right. pretty much gone. And then we have Anthony Edwards and Linda. Is it Florentino or Fiorentino? Fiorentino. Okay, I'll just call her Linda. Yeah. So Matt, you and I are uh, we're University of Florida football fans, so we know that if you have Kyle Trask at quarterback, you got to put some talent around him, right? Because <laughs> right. he's pretty mediocre, and that's I mean Anthony Edwards is mediocre, he right? He's very mediocre. So we need like a Pitts, a Tony, a Geist. You know, we need like. There needs to be characters that add some flavor mm-hmm. to the movie. Right. And so like the customs officer could have been funny or interesting. The hotel clerk could have been those things. Um, they were all the same. They're, they're, no, they're just like, I'm just reading my lines. Right. <laughs> just, do, just do my job, bud. Just do my job. Yeah, I think the acting in this was pretty poor. And the, and the characters. Yeah, right, there was no, we don't know anything about any of them, really. I guess it doesn't matter, but... You know, well, that's the problem. It didn't matter. None yeah. of it mattered. Yeah. And then uh, also speaking of characters, we don't really get any Linda Fiorentino. You know, she's yeah. just sort of she's there, but like we don't know what her her motivations, what she like. Like, I mean, she could have had a lot more dialogue 
I mean, she was she's the most capable actor in the movie. She is. Whatever happened to her? She's well, not remember she was in Dogma. We watched her in Dogma. And yeah, she, it, 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 in the nineties. Yeah. What's his name? Said that, uh, Kevin Smith said I, I read her because I was trying to find out what happened to her. She uh-huh. hasn't made anything since two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, she's very difficult to work with. Oh, really? In fact, Kevin Smith said he'd wish he had had Janine Garofalo do her uh, Linda's part. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. But you know, I've heard Kevin Smith say that about a couple people. Like yeah. he really hates working with Bruce Willis. So maybe there comes a point where if you find like so many people difficult, yeah, yeah. maybe also you're an issue. Maybe you're so. an ass. Yeah. Who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know anything about her. She's very talented. If you've ever seen The Last Seduction, which we watched, I believe. And, no, we haven't. Mm-mm. Have you seen it? I think okay, so. Okay. Was it like a sexy movie from the early nineties? Yes. I probably watched it okay. in, with a different purpose. Well, there, she had another one called Jade, where really wasn't very good. That was the sexy one. Mm. But she won. Uh, she won a lot of acting awards for this one. For not this one. No, no. The last. <laughs> the last seduction made her a huge star. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. She's under underused. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last suggestion is we got to get rid of Anthony Edwards. He's terrible. I mean, he's just, he's just a, he's a zero in the movie. And I understand, like, you want someone who's, like, innocent and doe-eyed, but in the beginning, he's this badass paintball player. So how, how can, it, it doesn't make sense that he's both, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. It was just awful. You know, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't, I, it, watching him is like, you know, watching a, a drinking a can of Coors Light, you know. There's nothing there. Yeah, especially after drinking an IPA. <laughs> Linda Fiorentina is the IPA. Anthony Edwards is the Coors Light. Yeah, no, no disrespect to Coors Light. No, actually, I think you mean maximum disrespect to Coors Light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, maximum yeah, disrespect to Coors Light. So these are just like a couple options. I was trying to think like okay, who is in his like generation that could have played this role. So yeah. I got a couple options here. This is a time machine recast. Matthew Modine. Great choice. Much more likable. He's a little bit older, mm-hmm. but he looks young. But he, he's got a baby face, and he's a much better actor. Much better. Yeah. Um, could have held his could have held his own. Uh, Ralph Macchio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fresh off the Karate Kid. Yeah. He's doing he's this. He's thirty five years old, playing eighteen year olds. <laughs> no. no, he's only a year. They, uh, him and uh, Anthony Edwards a year difference. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty close. Mm-hmm. And but he the, could play that perfectly. And this one's even younger. This one's several years younger than anyone I just mentioned. John Cusack. Yeah. He would have actually been the age that they were portraying in the movie. He would have been the best. Yeah, just having that dialogue, yeah, just yeah. That, that back and forth. Well, and plus you, you, you know, you have, I mean, this movie, you have Linda Fiorentino, who's a very sexy person, mm-hmm. a very sexy woman. Despite a terrible haircut. Yep. Oh, it was awful. Couldn't, ugh. And, but it's not sexy. No. Her, the scenes with Anthony Edwards, I mean, you get a flash of her boobs, and, but, but the, whole, the chemistry is not there. I mean, a guy like Cusack... Or Matthew Modine, there would have been a lot more chemistry there. Yeah. There's nothing here. There's, you you see him kiss, you go. It's like, it's like your cousins, uh, you know, playing spin the bottle or something. You play spin the bottle with your cousins? <laughs> no, I, don't think, I don't know. I don't know. How they do things in the Northeast <laughs> Kingdom. Uh, yeah. So I think any of those choices would have been much better. Uh, would have just made a more, just because I don't know. I guess I'm supposed to be rooting for Anthony Edwards. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm yelling at the Russians, like, shoot this mf like, get, him out <laughs> get rid of Matt. Yeah, now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, again, I think this movie is not terrible. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, there's a, uh, what, what do they say? There's some bones. Yes, there's some good bones here somewhere. Yes. I mean, you're going to have to scrape most of it away, but there is some good bones. It just needs better acting. Uh, it needs a lot, but there are some. Some interesting things here. What I would have wanted to see is the the whole idea of Anthony Edwards being a good shot, like being knowing his way at least around a paintball. Right. I thought at some point in Europe he was going to get a gun and he was going to be sort of chasing these guys down, chasing the Russians down. But it, no, never, it just know. never happens. No. I mean, it's, well, it does at the end with the the, 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 the very the, end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the movie's called Gotcha, and they, they, they base that on a game they're playing involving a gun and in the very beginning. It just never happens. There's like an hour and 20 minutes that you don't even hear the word gotcha. Mm. You know? Right. Yeah, just, ah, what a weird movie. <laughs> and the whole thing is, uh, 
Manolo was mm-hmm. it? <laughs> suddenly he has this gang that he's friends with. <laughs> yeah, this is this is part of my lingering question. All okay, right. okay. So yeah, like uh, Anthony Edwards says to him, "Hey, once a homeboy, always a homeboy," right? And he's like, "Oh yeah." And so I don't think this is how gangs work. I don't think that you leave the gang to go to college <laughs> and then later call the gang for favors. No. I thought it was blood in, blood out, bro. Yeah. I saw banging in Little Rock. I know how it works. Right. And they're going to help this white boy anyways. And, and I, 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 <laughs> the CIA. Yeah, they have this, this, again, this weird scene where they keep like trying to get Lina uh, Fiorentino and the CIA guys to like different locations mm-hmm. just so these stiff white guys can wear different hats. I just, it was dumb. It just didn't work. Oh, that was terrible. I, yeah. remember, I forgot about the stupid Mexican hats they're wearing, and they're one time they're eating noodles mm-hmm. or something at Chinatown. It's mm-hmm. like, we know where they are. You don't have to tell us. Right. You know, it's like explaining to dumb people. Oh, look, they're wearing Mexican hats. <laughs> <laughs> but also, why did they even need to be there? Why not just tell them the, 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 the final location and then do the ambush? Right. It just... Oh, yeah, none of that worked. I thought when he said that, you know, once a homeboy, I thought they were going to get the gang of paintballers mm. together to do some scam on the CIA. That would have made more sense. You know, pull the guns. Yeah. Like, all... yeah, that bring in yeah, yeah. the thing that you've already laid the foundation right. for. Bring that in later. But no, it's just this, oh yeah, by the way, I'm connected to a dozen Mexican gangbangers who are fully armed, by the way. <laughs> These are not like, you know... Uh, you know these guys don't play around. They're fully. But wouldn't it have been better uh, if it would have been the it been the, the paintballers? It would have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Bring those. Bring them into the fold. Right. Yeah. That would have been. Yeah. See, maybe we do need to rewrite this movie. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Well, gotcha that's part of the bones right. that we can get rid of. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, all right. I don't have much else to say about this. I'm looking over my no. notes. I just. Yeah. I'm not gonna recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, but not. it's but like I said, it's not. Horrible. Well, you know, you uh, sometimes I recommend movies because I think you like them. Sometimes I recommend movies because I haven't seen them in a long time. I just kind of watch them again mm-hmm. myself. So, oh, I understand that. I mean, this is a, a 50, as a fifteen-year-old, uh-huh. I would have loved this. Well, I was probably seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> well, my parents had questionable parenting stuff, uh, but um, yeah, you know, sometimes you just kind of want to see something again, and I think even if it's bad, sometimes it's fun to talk about. Although. When I was 15, I wouldn't have seen this. You would not have seen no. it? No. I, I didn't go. I, I, I was already a movie snob. But. Not even if your friend said, oh, Linda Fiorentino flashes her boob? Yeah, I might go see it. Yeah. At least rent it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, you want to get some scores here? Sure. Uh, so, j- just a few. <laughs> wow. What does this tell you about the world? Uh, 2,000 more people checking in on the reviews than uh, the in-laws. Oh, my God. We got 8,500. 8, I'm going to go 6.4. Oh, you went high. 6.2. Oh. oh. I guess that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think, about right. I think it is about right. Yeah. Maybe maybe you could go as low as 6. Yeah. But I think between 6 and 6.2 is probably the right, yes. the appropriate range for this movie. Again, not terrible. Not terrible. It's not in the fives. Like, you... I, it's not quintet. My, I, <laughs> my my shifting appreciation of quintet is well documented on this yes, podcast. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's pretty correctly rated. Yes, maybe a little bit high, but uh, I think a lot of that is nostalgia from people who were a little bit older than me when they saw this, and mm-hmm. maybe they associate with the toy or whatever. Um, all right, Rotten Tomatoes not as kind. Oh, I will go fifty-two. Tomato meter thirty-one. Who? I don't know if it's the lowest we've ever had, but it's close. Yeah, it's got to be there. It's in the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to figure out. Um, uh, okay, here's a couple of negative ones. Uh, this is Washington Post. Uh, like Red Dawn, which is a very... Already you're like raising the bar way too high, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Red Dawn, Gotcha uses love of country as a marketing device, a way to capture the teen audience that voted for Reagan. What the what was that? Well, this guy watch? Teen audience that voted for Reagan. Also, what, they can't vote. Also, what, what, what movie did this guy watch? Like, I don't, I don't, love of country. Where did that ever come? I, I never see that. I thought we were supposed to hate the CIA in this movie, right? Yeah, they're the bad guys. <laughs> wow, what a weird uh, review. Okay, I'm trying to find a couple and other teens ones. Teens don't vote. Well, 18 year olds yeah. can vote. Yeah, but this isn't an 18 year old movie. <laughs> okay, here. Wow, here's one. Uh, this is from People Magazine. 
Uh, this material might have worked if, say, the late German director Rainer Werner Fassbinder <laughs> had reshaped it into a perverse comedy. As it is, Fiorentino ought to be put to more imaginative use than this. We agree. Yeah. Okay, and this is the last one. I think this sums up what we were saying. This is Ebert, your buddy. It's a fairly good movie. I don't know if we'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly good movie. Good enough to make us wish it had tried a little harder. <laughs> yeah, good, like we say. It's, good it, bones. Good bones. It's got good bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think about the audience? I gotta get a little higher, 72. 53. Ooh, I forget it was in the 30s on the other one. <laughs> yeah, so. 53. Wow, a lot wow. of people taking a dump on this movie. Might be the lowest of all. Like aggregate yeah, of both. Aggregate, yeah, 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 it's I pretty think. It's pretty down there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no no critics consensus on either of these, which is quite Weird. shocking. Right. And I will say, the poster of this movie is funny because Fiorentino is foregrounded mm-hmm. in like a sexy pose with her leg you, up yep and you kind of see Andy Edwards in the back there a little bit so it's like yeah. I was like what is like this <laughs> talk about like a bait and switch yeah, right right yeah we never see that scene in the movie no <laughs> um, alright Matt so next week good cop good cop so you're going to have me watch uh, Serpico Serpico which surprisingly I've never seen I've mm-hmm. heard of it a lot and I'm going to have you watch the 2015 Korean movie Veteran. Okay. And I think you're going to like it because you're going to recognize the, the top three actors immediately. Okay. Good. I love Korean cinema. All right. So you want to get out of here? Yep. Peace. Bye. He's a Philistine. What's a Philistine? It's a guy who doesn't care about books or interesting films and things. No, you're interested in books and things. No, I'm a Philistine. You've been shitting in my yard. I have not. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. <laughs> so, Jane, what you do here in effect is count boners. It's fun.